lovely to be here this morning. Uh, there's two things. There's probably more than two things, but to put in very succinct language, I believe there's two things hinder believers from reaching their full potential. One is that we come under attack and we let that attack from the devil stop us in our tracks. The other one is unbelief. And to me, the biggest cause among the Christians today is unbelief. We, um, we're going to touch on that. But I want to start with that phrase that Bill used this morning, and it was found in our first hymn we sang this morning. King of kings and Lord of lords. It's only mentioned once in the scriptures. The other way, it's the other way around. It's Lord of lords and King of kings. It's all told new context. I've never voiced this uh, publicly before, so I'm going to voice it now, and uh, then duck, in case Alex throws his Bible at me. He wouldn't do that, of course. (laughs) (laughs) King of kings. Have you ever wondered who the other kings are? Have you ever wondered who the other kings are? That Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And it's you and me. <laughs> you know, a lot of people think it's, it's the kings there and the rulers and the lords. And he is over all then. But when we say Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, he's our king over us being kings. And us being lords. And we need to capture that this morning. You know, so we're going to be, I'm going to promote you this morning. Because books says I said that. I'm going to promote you to your king this morning. That every one of us sitting in this room this morning is a king. Amen. Let's open our Bibles at Revelation chapter 1. We're going to work back from here this morning. Let's open up Revelation chapter 1. And just read these verses. Now, it says from verse number 4, John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Now, this is a message to the churches. Now, the book of Revelation, the things that are, the things that were, the things that are, and the things that are to come. That's the three ways to break up the book of Revelation. So what we're reading here are the things which are present here today, starting with the seven churches of Asia in Revelation chapter. Jesus is writing to them. He's speaking to them. And it says, To the, the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and to us to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen? 
To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom or kings and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Wow, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? It's from the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who is King of kings and Lord of lords, is writing to his people in the church here, the ecclesia here in Asia, which is a picture of where we are today, still in the ecclesia here in Scotland. And it says this, that he has made us to be kings and priests. Why? To serve his God. Amen. Come on, folks. Let's be elevated this morning. Let's be elevated this morning. Let's come away from our, our, our circumstances. Let's come away from everything that hinders us this morning. Let's be elevated because Jesus Christ wants to elevate you this morning. Yes. He wants to lift us up this morning. He wants to elevate us this morning. And if this doesn't elevate you this morning, I don't know what will. To serve his God and his Father, and to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Wow. So, I just wanted to establish that this morning, that we are kings, and he is our king. Of our kings, we are the kings. Amen. Amen. I hope, hope you feel like a king this morning, David. Yes? Yeah, I didn't catch it. You see that? So, I just missed the last part. What did you say? You say something to me. You're a king this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. We all... I'll be elevated this morning. This isn't from this morning. This is from the moment that we put our trust in Jesus Christ. We became a king and a priest to serve his God. And his God is our God. And his Father is our Father. See, when Jesus taught his disciples to say, our Father, he was introducing his disciples into a different world. You know, it wasn't just a terror. He was saying, now that you become my disciples, you now are right with me. And it's not my father, it is now our father. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah this morning. Sorry. Good morning, it's okay, nice to see you. And you know, that's why this morning, you know, it saddened me during the week. It really saddened me during the week when I read a, when I read a statement in Facebook. One of our leaders of our major organisations in Scotland here. No names, no organisation. But that's not, that's not important. The important thing is what he said. That he is fearful of this COVID. This is one of the leaders well, one of our main Christian organisations in Scotland today publicly declared that he lives in fear. So sad. That is so, so sad. That just hit me here when I read that. Because what we're speaking about this morning, we rise above the fear that the enemy wants to bring upon us because we are reigning as kings. Yeah, 
And we need to take authority over that. We need to believe that Jesus has said that. And when we come into faith, we then come into the fullness of it. If we want to walk in it. And I believe the church needs release this morning. I believe the church of, in Scotland, the church in the UK, the church across the world, in many different places, needs to be released at this truth that we now in this life reign as kings. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Romans chapter 5. Verse number, I'm just breaking into the chapters here this morning because you all know these, these verses well and you all know what Romans chapter 5 is all about and it's death, the, the part we're reading from, from verse uh, uh, number 17. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned, therefore in another translation I think it's woost, he says that death is king. That's what he's saying. Death is king. By the trespass of one man, death is king. It reigneth through that one man. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through this one, Jesus Christ? Wow. Isn't that an amazing statement? That no longer death has dominion. Amen? No wonder, no longer death reigns. Because the one who came has conquered death. Amen? See, when the Bible speaks about earth passing, it speaks about falling asleep. I think that's a wonderful statement. Falling asleep. You know, death is a doorway for a Christian, amen? Yeah. Because it takes us all, it changes as our geography changes because we are already on the path of life. That's what the psalmist says. He has put us on the path of life. We never leave that path of life, amen? But our geography changes. It changes from earthbound into the very presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this morning, because we reign as kings, we have no fear of tomorrow. We might not look forward to tomorrow because of certain circumstances that take place or are taking place in our lives, but we face tomorrow without fear. Because the Bible says, in this life now, we reign as kings. Hallelujah this morning. We reign as kings. Put your crowns on this morning. You know? Put your crowns on this morning. We reign as kings. 
With this abundant provision, listen, it's time to move at the abundance of God this morning, amen? Come on, let's, let's move from where we are this morning. And let's take a step into the abundance of God. Because it, it tells us here in Romans chapter 5, that it's through the abundance of God's grace, and bring us into this place of righteousness, that we are able to reign in this life now. By the one, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's exciting this morning. And I'll, 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 I'll give myself a kick up there. We have a look about this this morning. Because I need to start believing this more and more. You know, it's okay reading it. And it's okay beating it. But we need to start living it. Living in the abundance of God. The overflow of what he wants to give us. We're not beggars. We're not beggars. We're not in rights. We're victorious. So let us break the victim and become the victor. Let us break from being victims this morning. Let us blame everything on our circumstance this morning. God's abundant provision is for you and for me. A few must all go to number 13. So let's go to number 13. Let's go to number 13. Wonderful chapter for some. Not so nice chapter for others. Number 13 is, of course, the sending out the 12 spies into the land of Canaan. The land that God had promised was a land of abundance. A land of the overflow. A land of milk, a land of honey. And if you've got time, read the whole chapter today when you're home. It's an amazing chapter. Look at the questions that Moses asked them to look at. Uh, and I don't want to touch on that today. But if you look at the, from verse number 16 downwards, look at the questions that Moses has asked them to look for because they are so uh, great questions to ask about your area. You know? Look at what is happening in your area. You know, look at what's happening when the people are the weak, are the strong. Look at the, the fortitudes. Look at how they live. Look at the trees. Look at the soil. But that's not what I want to look at this morning when I go to number 13. Because in here, we have God's people, but we have two mindsets. And we need to break the two mindsets that are amongst us this morning. We need to break these two mindsets and make that mindset Christ, make it singular. So God has promised them this abundance. They're standing on the very verge of abundance. They're standing on the boundary. They're standing on the, on the doorway into God's fullness. A land promise. Flowing with milk and with honey. It wouldn't be easy, they've got to conquer it, but it's God, God's abundant provision that he's given to these folks who he calls now his people. And he sends out these 12 spies, and they go and they spy out, they even bring back the fruit and took two men to carry a bunch of grapes. <laughs> That's the abundance of our God, eh? 
Verse number 28. And here's the fruit of it. Imagine being that close. They're standing, hoping the very fruit of the abundance of God. One word changes everything. Some verses have been nonetheless. But I like the word but. Because I went there, well, no, but your but is this morning. If you're not living in the fullness and abundance of God this morning, what is your but? Because there's nothing from God's side hindering you from moving into His fullness of abundance. It's like the land that lies before the people here. It's ready for them. Over 600,000 men had their destinies changed. See, it's not only what you say, it's how many other people you hinder because of your work. Because ten men said but, and nearly seven hundred thousand men perished, lost their destiny, lost their inheritance. What is my but this morning? Because if I'm not living as a king, if I'm not entering into the fullness of God's abundance this morning, it's not from God's side. So I must have a butt in my life. And you must have a butt in your life. I believe everything you're saying this morning well, is true. It is because it's the word of God. It's not my word this morning. We've read the word of God this morning. It's God's word. And he's poured out abundant grace. Yeah. It's called us in the righteousness this morning. Yeah. He's told us to reign in this life. So if that's not our experience, if that's not my experience this morning, there must be a lot. What's the hindrance? 
You fear the giants more than you fear God. Because that's what they said. Moses said, let's go and take the land. Gideon said, let's go and take the land. We can do it, we can do it. It's God's abundant provision. Let's go now. Caleb, I meant to say, and Joshua were on the They were on their toes, they were, they were, I think they were wanting to move. Because they had seen the abundance of God. They had seen the fullness of the provision. But ten men changed their opinion of a million and a half, many more. What do you fear more than God this morning? That doesn't allow you to enter into the fullness of what God is saying. Because you can't believe God entirely, completely, full surrender this morning. And not walk in the fullness of what we're saying. There's not a situation in life you cannot be over. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I believe God is releasing something this morning. And all our hearts and all our lives, it doesn't matter how old we are or how young we are, how long we've been in the faith or how little we've walked in the faith. There's a release this morning. I just feel it in my spirit this morning. There's a release this morning. We're going to kick the butts out of your life. See, it doesn't matter if it's a little butt or a big butt. It's still a butt. Because I believe there's there's release coming, but the release needs to come from revelation. And I'm just asking the Holy Spirit this morning, just to bring that revelation to your lives of what the hindrance is. And this should be our prayer this morning. If God has revealed something to you that's a hindrance 
to the fullness of his abundance being experienced in your life. Why don't you make Romans 5? In that verse we read in Romans 5, your prayer this morning. God, thank you for revealing the hindrance, the blockage to the fullness that I see working across in different parts of the world this morning. Where cities are being turned to God. Where men are walking in the fullness of this abundance. God, this morning I want to come before you. And at one time death reigned. But I thank you that I now walk in the abundance of your grace. I thank you this morning that you have called me to be righteous with your righteousness and not mine. You've given us this gift. You've given us this abundance. And I want now to believe but your word says that I now reign in this life through the one who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Come, Holy Spirit, make this promise real to us this morning. Make it alive this morning. Make this a turning point this morning that we're not going to wander any longer in the wilderness. We're going to march right through into Canaan's land. A wee song comes on, I'm not going to sing it. Went right to the end of the sky, and I took back what he stole from me. I went right to the end of the sky, and I took back what he stole from me. Stop him stealing! Stop him stealing from me! You are a king, son. You are the authority. Jesus, because everything is through him. Not of ourselves, lest we should boast. It's all Christ. In the Christ life, he's promised, it's yours. You've got it. You know, but let's experience it. Away from my root map, but no matter. It doesn't matter, you know. I believe the Spirit's moving this morning. You see, this is the day of the Spirit. This is the time that the Spirit moves on earth through us and in us. 
kings and priests. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you you with me this morning, yeah? Yeah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You see... Let's go to Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says in verse 4, My message, my preaching were not with wise words and persuasive words, but with a demonstration, a manifestation. See, we need to manifest who we are and what we are. Amen? We need to start manifesting. We need to start demonstrating. Well, chuck your eyes and put your armor on. Walk forth believing that you're kings, that you're rulers, you've got authority, you've got power. Because God's Spirit lives in you. And when we speak, it's not words of our own wisdom. It's not words of our own making. The words and deeds that we do are a demonstration a manifestation of God living in us, being manifested to a dying world. Paul, Paul says, my message, my words. See, John chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, He said an interesting statement. He says that we know that you are a teacher come from God because of your words, no. Because of the manifestation, because of the demonstration, because of the wonderful mighty works that you do. Wow. We know that you are a teacher come from God because of these mighty works. I'm paraphrasing it now. Alex reading it. But it's not because of the words, because his words was a demonstration by action that he had come from God. Amen. That's right. And Paul says, 
but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's dunamis. The mighty works that's spoken about often in Matthew, Mark and John are the word dunamis. Every time you see mighty works written, except John, because John is signs. But Matthew, Mark and Luke, it's all about mighty works. We would call them miracles. Depends what version of the Bible that you read. But that's the word dunamis. So we are expected to demonstrate and be miracle workers, amen? The work works. That's how we demonstrate that we're kind. Because you and I demonstrate by doing us, by the miracle worker, by the mighty works. Christ did them, and he said, whatever I did, you can do also. Wow. Wow. What is Glasgow got to look like next week? Come on, what is Glasgow, what is Ayrshire, what is Fife? What is it going to look like next week? Because we're manifestors, demonstrators that God lives in us and works through us. By the dunamis of his Holy Spirit. I'm not one of these dynamite men for dunamis. But if you look up your English dictionary, the main word that comes from dunamis is dynamo. Constant. Dynamite is a man made word. Dynamite is, is destructive. Dynamite breaks things up. It's only once in its. But the English word really that comes from from Dunamis is dynamo. You've got a dynamo in your amen. The God keeps cranking up and cranking up the whole time because it will never fail. Do you feel that, that dynamo working in you this morning? That dynamo of divine power being generated by the Holy Spirit. That no matter when you need it, you call upon it. We need to believe this this morning, you know. As I said right at the start, and my ten minutes are up, up and uh, one day I'll, I, I, may, I may write a book on my, my sermons that were finished. Two books. I may publish all my sermons that are on my iPad here that I never used. <laughs> let me just go one more thing. I know it's 11 o'clock, but let me go one more thing. I just want to read this, and I might just stop and, 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 and clarify a couple of points. Verse number 6, we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is an amazing chapter, you know. You can spend months in this chapter. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to not. Amen. Hallelujah. 
If we follow the rulers of this world, we are like them, we're coming to nothing. But we're kings following the king of kings. And we're not only reign in this life, but we'll reign in the life to come. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Amen. He's brought us into this. But listen to this. Let's go, let's go further down this chapter. No, we speak. My version says secret. But other versions have got different words. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden. And that God destined for your or our glory before time began. We, you, we say about Google. God is far more powerful than Google. And the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. Searches that secret wisdom of God. Who for? For you, for me. Yeah. The Holy Spirit searches that secret wisdom of God and brings it to you and to me for his glory. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, written that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That's not heaven. That's now. Isn't that amazing? That God still speaks to these three ways today, seeing, hearing, thinking. When God gives you a vision, you might be the only person that God has given that to. You know that? You might be the only person whose eyes have seen that. Because God wants you to demonstrate what He's shown you. Yeah. God wants you to demonstrate what He's shown you. Yeah. When God whispers in your ear something, you might be the only person on the earth on this planet that's ever heard these words. But God has spoken them so that you speak them out, you manifest them. You demonstrate them. And what you think. God brings things into your thinking. What an amazing God it is. But I want to go on. But God, for, but God has re revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among you knows the thoughts of the man's except the man's spirit within him? And the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world. Hallelujah! We have not received the spirit of this world. If you have, if you're living in the spirit of this world, you're living a carnal Christian life. And so many Christians are living in the spirit of this world. So many churches are being driven by the spirit of this world. But all the time, we are being asked to live. You have not received the spirit who is of this world but the Spirit who is from God. Amen. Wonderful, rich abundance of God poured out to you and to me. 
that we may understand what God has freely given us. Come on, we don't have to work for it. It's freely given to us. Oh, I could expand on these things, but I want to come to the very end bit here. When it says this, For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But here's the jewel in the crown. Here is a jewel in the crown. Are you ready for this jewel in the crown? We have the mind of Christ. What's We have the mind. Demonstrate that the word of God sees you.